The losing streak is over. Now, where do the Kings go from here? We discuss that next on this edition of Locked On LA King. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We would love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we are on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for 30 years, 20 plus years, the Fox Sports Radio Network, also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for over 30 years. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. The LA Kings played a pair of games since our last show on Friday, a 5-3 loss to the Red Wings in Detroit, and Saturday earlier today on this MLK holiday, a 5-2 win in Raleigh over the surging Carolina Hurricanes to snap the season-high eight-game losing streak. But since we had a pair of games since our last show, I do want to briefly touch on the loss to Detroit before we get into the much-needed win for the LA Kings. So if you missed the game on Saturday, real quick, Kings were tied 1-1 after one. Quinton Byfield with a power play goal as 11th of the season with assists from Kopitar and Fiala. Things, though, really got away from the Kings in the second period against the Red Wings. Drew Doughty was called for a careless tripping penalty. Then Trevor Moore played the puck with a broken stick. That's a penalty. Detroit would score on the 5-on-3 power play and took a 2-1 lead. Late in the third, the Kings fell apart. Three minutes and 40 seconds left in the second period. They allowed three goals and found themselves down 5-1. to However, this was a perfect chance, if you want to call it that, for the Kings to fold their tents and quit. And they didn't. They actually fought hard in the third period, scored a pair of power play goals, one from P.L. Dubois, assist from Leferriere and Deneau, his eighth of the season, and then the second from Byfield, his second of the game, 12th of the year, and the third power play goal of the game for the Kings, Kopitar and Fiala again assisting on that second Byfield goal. And at the very least, the Kings went down swinging. Now, I don't know about, you know, we know it's about wins and losses, but maybe I was a starving man looking for something positive to grasp onto. But I I thought that was, frankly, the perfect time for the Kings to say, screw it and just quit. And they didn't. And I don't know if impressed is a good word to use, but I was just happy to see that they didn't. Um So we move on to today, and I was hopeful that maybe the Kings could carry on that fight they had in the third period and carry it over into the game against Carolina. Again, a team that was 7-0-1 in their last eight, so you knew it was going to be difficult. Kings had lost eight in a row. There was no reason to really be optimistic, but the Kings did come out and play a solid first period, and they took a 1-0 lead on a Trevor Moore goal. His team leading 19th of the year, Deno and Gavrikov with the assists. Carolina did tie it up with the only goal in the second period. We were tied 1-1 going into the third. That's when the Kings came on strong. Philip Deneau gets his ninth of the year. Matt Roy and and Vladislav Gavrikov got the assist. Alex LaFerriere chipped in with his sixth of the season. Assists from 
Mikey Anderson and P.L. Dubois. Dubois then gets his ninth of the year. Jarrett Anderson, Dolan, and Mikey Anderson with the helpers. And then Trevor Moore gets his second of the game, team leading 20th of the season into an empty net to seal the win. And mercifully, the Kings' losing streak ended with a much, much needed 5-2 victory. The Kings' first win of 2024. We're at January the 15th. David Riddich got the start. He was solid. He allowed two goals on 32 shots, improved to 3-0-1 on the season since taking over for the injured Phoenix Copley. Kings moved to 21-11-8 overall, 14-4-3 on the road this season, and now 1-2-2 on this season-high six-game road trip that will end tomorrow in Dallas against the Stars. We're going to talk about where this now leaves the Kings in the Pacific Division standings and the playoff race. But let's get to the game stats for the win over Carolina. Again, Kings win at 5-2. Shots on goal actually favored the Hurricanes 32-26, to which is a little bit ironic because the Kings have usually outshot their opponents on this uh, losing skid. Power plays, neither team could uh, score with a man advantage. LA was 0-4, Carolina 0-5. Faceoffs won, favored the Hurricanes 29-28. to Block shots favored LA. 18 to 9 and hits actually favored LA 13 to 9. Uh, it's so uh, rare that the Kings uh, out hit an opponent, but they did in this game. Only nine hits for Carolina. That's uh, something that their head coach Rod Brindamore is probably not going to be too happy about. We finally get to uh, have a three stars of the game, which we have not had because we only do it after Kings wins. So it's been a while. So happy to do that. And uh, there were a number of candidates to choose from in this one, which is great to see because that means the Kings balanced scoring and depth scoring which we have seen most of the year or at least uh, the the big parts of the season where the kings have had success that needs to come back for the kings to be successful again and it was for this game mikey anderson the defenseman had a two-point game with a pair of assists uh we had uh also defenseman matt roy a two-point game with a pair of assists uh we also had defenseman vladislav gavrikov a two-point game with a pair of assists pierre-luc dubois had a two-point game with a goal and assist. But as for our three stars of the game, I'm going to go with David Riddich in net for our number three star with a 32 save performance. Uh, the number two star, I'm going to go with Trevor Moore with his two goals. Uh, obviously, one of them a big one and the other one sealing the win into the empty net. And then my number one star, the only player for the Kings who had a three-point game, center Philip Deneau, who always is just a rock for the LA Kings with a goal and two assists. But I think the bottom line, though, uh, even though it's cool to get to name three stars because it means the Kings won, uh, again, depth scoring for the Kings, a lot of guys getting involved, the, the defense getting a lot of points in this one, and a lot of people contributing to a much, much, much needed win for the LA Kings. Of course, there had to be one down note, right? Um, there was an injury in this one. Kings fourth line center Blake Lazat left the game in the first period, did not return. They're calling it a lower body injury. Don't know the severity of it at this point. Um, watching the injury during the game, it didn't. He didn't go down, you know, really awkwardly. Um, he got bumped and and went down. Uh, it didn't look bad. So hopefully, it's just a kind of a day to day thing. We'll get give an update on tomorrow's show. But I would say it's it's a pretty good likelihood that the Kings will not play him tomorrow against Dallas, and that means we're likely going to be forced to see. More of Jarrett Anderson Dolan, who for some reason has been in the lineup the last two games in place of Arthur Kaliev. And there is no report 
that Kaliev is dealing with any kind of an illness or an injury, so it appears that he is a healthy scratch. And nothing against Jared Anderson Dolan, but uh, J-A-D is a J-A-G. He is a jag. He is just a guy. Uh, he skates hard. He gives you what he's got. Unfortunately for him, it's not anything special, frankly. And I don't know why Todd McClellan has been playing him in any situations other than an illness or a minor injury or someone who just really needs a day off. Um, I thought Arthur Kaliev had been playing pretty well of late. So that's a head scratcher to me. But assuming that Blake Lizotte is out, and I think there's a pretty good assumption, we will see Jared Anderson Dolan and Arthur Kaliev in the lineup tomorrow in Dallas. A few Kings notes from that win over Carolina. Trevor Moore becomes the first California-born player to score 20 goals in a season for a California team, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Andre Kobitar on, uh, over the weekend uh, did score career, uh, a point number 1,180, uh, so he passes Sergei Fedorov of the uh, Red Wings and the Ducks, and I think he played for the Blue Jackets too anyway, uh, for 54th on the all-time NHL points list. Kopi currently is fifth as far as active scores. Uh, Crosby, Ovechkin, Malkin, and Kane are in front of him, but Kopi is fifth place as far as active all-time point scores. And Kopitar just four points behind Carolina Hurricanes head coach Rod Brindamore for 53rd on the all-time NHL points list. Kopi should be in the top 50 by the time the season comes to an end. So just more milestones for Kings captain Andre Kopitar. Quickly, what did we like? What did we not like? Well, obviously, we, we love the win. Uh, to see the Kings' hard work finally pay off. They've had a lot of close games. They've fought hard in most of these games, but to finally see them get a win and you could see the relief on their faces and the celebration and the smiles, they needed that. And thankfully, they were able to get that. Um, I, I like the fact in the win over Carolina, once they got the lead in the third, they didn't sit on the lead. Uh, now, they weren't attacking quite as hard as they were earlier. And again, that just... It just the way the game's going to go. When you get a lead, the other team's going to be uh, more willing to take risks, and you have to, you know, be smart defensively. But I thought, you know, we've seen the Kings blow leads of late. I thought this was probably the best game they've had where they had a lead and didn't just sit back and let the other team kind of dictate to them. Obviously, closing out with a strong third period was great to see. The penalty kill remains very strong, which is great. Um, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois may be starting to heat up. That's good to see. I think Kevin Fiala has been kind of a constant through all of this. He needs to be very active and just making things happen. And I want to give it up to backup goalie David Riddich. He came in in the third period of the Detroit game, didn't allow a goal, and then carried it over to this game. Thought he was very, very solid. Good performance by him. And also um, Alex Laferriere, in place of the injured Blake Lazat, was playing on the Kings penalty kill for the first time this year, at least the first time I remember and I thought he looked pretty good on the PK. So we'll need him, uh, at least in the short term, to keep that penalty kill going for the LA Kings. Some things we didn't like. There's always a few things. Obviously, the power play continues to be inconsistent. Three for three against Detroit. You're thinking, all right, it's heating up. And then 0 for 4 against Carolina. And I don't know if this is in a didn't like category, but I do have to mention that Brant Clark did play in the game in Detroit. And he was on the third pairing with Andreas England. I'm not a fan of that. I think he should be on the second pairing with Vladislav Gavikov so he can be a little bit more confident and creative in who his partner is and that he can maybe take a few chances here and there. But anyway, Brant Clark has played in two games since being called up from Ontario. And in my opinion, he's been barely noticeable. 
He is playing on that second power play unit, but if the Kings were looking for a spark out of Brant Clark, honestly, it hasn't been there yet. Uh, he hasn't been terrible, but has not been noticeable in, in my opinion. All right, so the streak is over. Where are the Kings now? We'll talk about next that next here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Andre Kopitar scores a hat trick and the LA Kings win the Stanley Cup. That sounds great, doesn't it? Well, you know what else sounds great? You winning 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. It's the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you pick more or less based on goals, assists, points, saves, and more. And Sleeper offers you 100 times payouts. And although we love the NHL, not just about hockey, you also got the NFL playoffs going on. The NBA season is in full swing. Now is a great time to get in on all the amazing sports action. Make the right picks and you could win big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Well, on Friday's show, after a tough loss against the Florida Panthers and the Kings had lost seven in a row, I said on that show, I thought it was time for a coaching change. Now, if you want to hear all the details of what I had to say about that, you can go back and listen to that episode or... Um, well, you can just listen to what I'm going to say right now. I'll, I'll give you kind of the cliff notes version. If those even exist anymore, I'm, I'm showing my age, but there were three key points why I felt it was time to make a coaching change. Number one, something just needed to change. The Kings were playing well, they were playing hard, but they weren't getting any results. And look, two or three losses in a row during the season, that happens to pretty much every team. But when you're getting to like six, seven, eight losses in a row, that's obviously very significant. And I just felt it was time for a change. Uh, number two, and with all due respect to Tom McClellan, who I'd mentioned I like, um, he's not irreplaceable. You know, this isn't a coach who has won multiple Stanley Cups. He's not one of the all-time winningest coaches in Kings history. Actually, he's fourth on the list, but he's not. it's not like this coach is some all-time legend that you're willing to give the benefit of the doubt to because of what he's done in the past with the team. He's done a good job with the Kings, but uh, it's not – you know, so good. He's again, irreplaceable. And there are some pretty good coaching candidates out there that you could get to replace him. But I think my biggest reason why I felt it was time for a change was, was because of what's going on around the Kings. And that's the way the other teams that they're going to be battling with for playoff spots are playing Edmonton and Seattle are red hot. And my thinking is you don't want to find yourself suddenly out of a playoff spot before you decide to do something and we will update where the Kings are in the standings at the moment because it's probably going to be a story the rest of the way. But those were my thoughts on why I thought the Kings should make a coaching change. Now, the Kings have obviously snapped the skid. The third longest losing streak in Kings history, the record, is 12. And it appears that management isn't looking to make a change. Uh, I did, maybe I heard this wrong, but if you were watching the game, the TV coverage, or listening because it is a simulcast, Justin Williams, who we're going to mention more in a minute, the former LA King star, was being honored before the game. And he came up and talked to uh, Nick Nixon, Jim Fox, Daryl Evans uh, during the second period. And he was talking about, you know, seeing, you know, it was great that the Kings were the opponent because he could see some of his old friends. And I, I'm almost positive he said, I got to say hi to Blakey. That would be in reference to Kings general manager, Rob Blake. Now, I have not heard any reports 
that he had gone on the road trip or that he had joined the team on the road trip. But that I'm almost positive that's what I heard Justin Williams say. I think it would definitely be appropriate, considering what the Kings were going through, for their general manager to maybe fly out and address the team and let them know what's going on. Perhaps he said, look, we're not making coaching change. You guys got yourselves in this. You're going to have to get yourselves out of this. So we'll see if that, in fact, was what I heard, if Rob Blake was actually on the trip. But look, there is virtually no pressure for Rob Blake to make a coaching change other than the pressure he puts on himself. And let's be honest, the Kings don't have a demanding owner or ownership group. Um, Now, if if the team craters and if they miss the playoffs, then yes, ownership is going to be, it's going to, they're going to take notice of that. Um, But usually the pattern has been for that Anschutz entertainment group. They basically, they hire people and they let them do their job. And unless it gets really sideways, they're going to just let them, let them work. And so there's not a lot of pressure from ownership to make a change. Uh, There's zero media pressure for, for the Kings. I mean, the, the Kings don't get talked about locally uh on television or even sports talk radio i i i'm pretty sure the king's historic winning streak this year the road winning streak i doubt that even was worth a mention on any of the local sports talk radios with all the dodger stuff going on and of course the lakers are always a big deal uh yeah i i i I don't think it was even brought up but also there's no media pressure no one is talking about how todd mccullough needs to go and there needs to be a change and this is unacceptable it doesn't exist um, and as far as the fan pressure for the Kings to make some of some kind of a change, certainly there's voices on social media and people have complained. I've seen people on X have changed their little headlines to fire McClellan or fire Todd and stuff like that. But honestly, unless you stop going to the games and stop giving the team your money, it's not going to do much. The it, That's, that's not pressure there. So it's, it's basically up to Rob Blake to do what he wants when he wants to do it. And right now it seems pretty clear that he was unwilling to make any kind of a change. So why stick with Todd McClellan? I mean, obviously Rob Blake has a relationship with him, but I don't see that as being a big factor. Uh, You have relationships with a lot of people, but sometimes you got to make changes. You have relationships with players. You got to trade them, that kind of thing. I don't, I don't think that plays much into it. Could it be that Rob Blake just believes that deeply in Todd McClellan? And look, he, if he he wouldn't have hired him if he didn't believe he could get the job done. But it's not like Todd McClellan, again, has won multiple Stanley Cups, has been a team, you know, he's not taking the Kings deep in the playoffs. So I don't really think that that's it either. I, I really think that Rob Blake is trying to send a message to the team. Like I said, you got yourselves into this. We're not going to take the easy way out, make a coaching change. You guys are going to have to find it within yourselves to dig your way out. That's my theory. Anyway, and it's a risky, it's a risky move. Um, now there is, is there a chance and is there a hope that the Kings now have exhaled, that the streak is finally over, that they know they've played good hockey, but they just weren't getting the breaks. Are they now going to come out on the other side of this, a better team ultimately? That's the hope. I certainly am as hopeful as that as anyone. But that's the only thing I can think of as to why management decided not to make a change here, that they didn't think that the team had quit on the coach, which is a big factor. And I think that third period against Detroit was a pretty good uh, example of them not doing that. 
but again, they're hoping, I think they're hoping that going through this fire will, will toughen up the Kings. It's hard to imagine it's going to get any worse, right? From here on out, as far as any kind of a losing skid or as far as them just playing bad hockey, this is probably the worst of it. You would think maybe they'd come out the other side, like I said, a better team that they fought their way out of it. And now they're ready to get ready for the, you know, the stretch run and hopefully the playoffs and that they've been kind of scarred, but they've come through it and they got themselves out of it. And now they're going to get back to where we saw them at the beginning of the year. That's my only theory as to why they decided not to make a coaching change. Maybe they're, that's not the right theory. Maybe it's something else. But like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm always an optimistic person. I'm trying hard to think that, like I said, they, they hopefully it's just one win. Right, it's just one win, and they've got a very tough game coming up tomorrow against Dallas. But getting off the Schneid, getting that streak broken, and hopefully digging their own way out of it maybe that's just the thing this team needed to kind of kick themselves in the behind and get them going in the right direction. That is the hope, anyway. All right, so where are the Kings now in this playoff race? Now that the losing skid has come to an end, we're going to update you on that here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Drive, passion, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you are looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your parts guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it is easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay is guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. The LA Kings face the Dallas Stars coming up 5 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesday Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast of your LA Kings with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search LA Kings. Well, I did want to mention, uh, and I briefly did, that former King star, winner of two Stanley Cups in LA and the Conn Smythe Trophy winner's playoff MVP in 2014, Justin Williams was inducted into the Hurricanes Hall of Fame before the game against LA. Now, uh, it's not uh, a jersey number retirement, but they have, I guess, names on a banner that is raised to the rafters there in Raleigh, North Carolina. I, I do wish the Bally Sports TV coverage would have actually shown the uh, the ceremony for Justin Williams because obviously there are a lot of Kings fans who like Justin Williams. He was a key member of two Stanley Cup winning teams, but unfortunately they decided not to show uh, the ceremony, at least we did get to hear from Justin Williams in between periods, which was cool. But uh, congratulations to Justin Williams, uh, a, a hell of a player, one of the best clutch players in the history of uh, the game. And it was cool to see the Kings as a team did sit on the bench during the ceremony and that Andre Kopitar, Drew Doughty, and Trevor Lewis, three of Williams' teammates, came over and congratulated him and said hello to his family and things like that. So very cool to see Justin Williams get honored in that way. All right, I did want to take a look at the Pacific Division standings and the Western Conference playoff race for the LA Kings because I think this is something we're going to have to pay attention to throughout the rest of the year. As far as the top teams in the division, it's still the same top three even after this long losing skid for the Kings. Vancouver, number one, 
uh, 29-11-4 for 62 points. They lost in a shootout earlier today to the Blue Jackets. Vegas has just wrapped up a win over the Nashville Predators, which is actually good for the Kings. Uh, ve- well, if in a way, uh, Vegas is now 25-14-5 for 55 points. Uh, the Kings check in at 21-11-8 for 50 points, so they're five points back of Vegas for second in the division. They do have, I believe, four games in hand on the Vegas Golden Knights right now. Uh, So that is something that they – actually, it's three games in hand after the final today. Uh, So that could be something the Kings could take advantage of. Uh, But the the teams behind L.A. is really the focus. Edmonton, 23-15-1 for 47 points. They're only three points back of L.A., and they're riding a nine-game winning streak. They will host Toronto coming up on Tuesday. They're currently the second wildcard team. In the Western Conference, Seattle did lose to Pittsburgh earlier today. So their eight game winning streak came to an end. They have uh, a 19, 15, and nine record for 47 points. Now, the Kings do have four games in hand uh, on, excuse me, no, three games in hand on Seattle. Uh, so they're games in hand on the teams directly in front of the Kings. Edmonton, by the way, has played the same number of games as LA. So the Kings don't have any games in hand on the Oilers and Calgary's hanging around uh, with 45 points, 2018 and five is the record. So the Kings, again, still in third place in the Pacific division. Uh, They are right now three points back of Vegas and three points in front of both Edmonton and Seattle. Um, And also in the wildcard race, uh, Nashville is playing a role in this as well. I, I mentioned that that was actually kind of a nice win for Vegas over Nashville in a sense. Um, because the Predators right now are the number one wildcard team in the West. Um, they're fourth place in the Central Division, but they actually have just one fewer point than the Kings. So if the Kings were to fall into a wildcard spot, um, Nashville actually has more points than them as it stands right now. So again, it's very tight for the Kings. The rest of the way, it's going to be tight. If they can get hot and maybe Vegas continues to slide, there's a chance that L.A. could move into second. The way Edmonton is coming, it looks like they're going to be in one of those top three spots battling with the Kings. Seattle certainly in the mix. And Nashville for a wild card spot, if it comes to it, is another team that the Kings should be watching as well. So with this eight-game losing skid, uh, the Kings have lost a lot of that cushion that they had earlier in the year. And so it's going to be a, a dogfight the rest of the way. Uh, but the Kings, uh, again, getting on track, finally getting that streak broken and hopefully carrying this forward. But it's going to be a tight race uh, the rest of the way. I did want to give a quick shout out to Kings fan Matt Degnan. Hope I'm saying that right, Matt. I know I'm assuming he listens to this show because he does follow us on social media. But he posted a picture of himself at the game in Carolina. Uh, he uh, tweeted out, Kings have lost eight in a row. I'm undefeated at Kings games. And he said, as Sammy Davis Jr. said, something's got to give. Go Kings, go. Well, uh, Matt, awesome job representing the Kings. Uh, You're still undefeated, which is awesome. And you saw them break the streak. We got to get you to more Kings games. I don't know where you live. Uh, Maybe you're an East Coast guy and you only see him infrequently, but uh, we got to get you to more Kings games. But nice job uh, representing uh, the LA Kings on the road there. Uh, no rain report today. We're going to push it to tomorrow because of all the stuff we talked about, the two games to recap from the weekend. For you every day, as those of you that listen and watch Locked on LA Kings every day, coming up on Tuesday's show, we will preview that night's game against the Dallas Stars. Wednesday, obviously, recap that game. 
Look back on the Kings' longest road trip as they approach the midway point of the NHL season. Thursday, we will preview Kings-Predators, which is now a big game for LA. I guess they're all big, but that one in particular, a team that they might be battling with for a playoff spot. Then, of course, Friday, we'll recap that game and have another fan feedback show. The streak is over. We can smile for at least a day, exhale a little bit, as the LA Kings have finally won a game. If you want to send an email for the feedback show or at any time, uh, it's locked on Eddie at gmail.com, E D D I E. If you're watching on YouTube, you can post your comments in the comment section below. Stay interactive with the show on X, Twitter, uh, and Instagram. We are at Locked On LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching this episode of Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hope you had a great holiday. Have a great rest of your day. We will talk to you on Tuesday. And as always, go Kings, go.